Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is episode 24. Uh, we're not going to do a recap. We're just going to go right back into it. That being said, let's continue our journey into the darkness. All right, folks. Uh, you were at the British Museum and getting ready to leave. Was there anything that you wanted to do before we we can skip a couple days ahead to the uh, the so, after funeral? Just one quick question: We didn't have any access to what um, I forgot his name was transcribing, right? Like his office is locked up. All his work. work was all locked up. Memes, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and we didn't have any news from him. That was a dead end trying to get anything from there, correct? Yeah, um, I mean, the museum has locked everything up, and, and we're not going to... I think I, I requested information from Langton about how to reach him, but I think we're going to let him have a couple days rest. Okay. Certainly, that's, because that's, he was apparently in grave danger of uh, collapse. Uh, one thing that you have learned since... You were at the British Museum is uh, Gibbons, uh, who is already kind of in a shaky state from previous things, uh, that he was the one who heard the girl scream and went running to see if he could find her. Uh, he has been hospitalized at Bedlam. On yeah. whose authority, Pritzel? Um, either, uh, well, you don't know. Either he checked himself in or he was taken there. Um, and it, it was it Gibbons that we shook down for information about the uh theft yeah. earlier previously, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, Gibbons, who we uh, whose cart we blocked in the lower hallway and who cowered at our, and I believe he was also attacked by the shadow man. Yeah, he's been through a lot. But uh, he might have some idea about what Nancy Greenborough might have said before she vanished. So perhaps we'll perhaps we'll take an evening trip to Bedlam again sometime soon. If Felix can visit his friend with the mirrors. My fault. Sorry. Right. Felix, you didn't get the you didn't get the magic mirror from the auction. I think that Italian lady got away with it. Yeah, she did. And I, yeah, she got away with it. I mean, she did. She won it. She, she got it. I was really hoping to get that, but didn't. But that's okay. We can bring something else reflective for your friend. I am so sorry. I'm trying to turn the phone off. Turn off. Thank you. The rather odd doorbell they have here. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just going to take the wheel here and drive this point home. <laughs> let's uh, let's cut that all out and go back just a little, backtrack just a little bit. Um, so what were we talking about before the phone started? So Morris uh, has been put in bedlam. Correct, Gibbons. Uh, so, yes, it seems like maybe we should visit uh, Bedlam again. Uh, I know, Felix, you have a friend there. 
You didn't get him a special mirror, but we could find something reflective for him, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we could. You know, I wonder if we could contact her and get it and get the mirror, the lady that got the mirror. Mm. Yeah, who knows? She she might not be enjoying uh, having a haunted mirror in her home. She might be delighted to get rid of it. Yeah, we might have saved a few hundred pounds. In fact, do yeah. we have her name? I don't Mephalda recall. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know if we have any contact information. Did she happen to drop one of drop her card off to any of you guys? Poor Vadim got everybody's information because he had the damned horn. Mm. It's gonna yeah. be tough to contact him unless somebody got the uh, spirit board. Hmm. Well, we've got. Uh, you know, his friend Jane. And that's another question about uh, events between that visit to the museum and the memorial service at the club. How many of Vadim's family have shown up and have we met any of them? Um, A little afraid of his family. Uh, if you have gone over there for whatever reason, yeah, you're probably getting family uh, accumulating a lot of them, a lot of Vadim's family probably was not in Russia. Uh, they escaped before the communists take over. Thus the deep pockets. Um, yeah, so I bet we can figure out between his valet uh, and his friend Jane, we can get the Italian lady's name and see if that mirror is available for a, a visit to Bedlam to see if Morris Gibbons can once again point us in a useful direction, or if he's too far gone. Uh, and at the memorial service, who, who arranges a memorial service at the, at the club? Oh, that would all be done by Poundstone and, uh, and the other members of the, uh, you know, the... Right. We it, might have, one of us might have had an object that reminded us of Vadim that we could put onto a, the display that's wrapped in black crepe or something. Um, and it's a ground floor thing and ladies are allowed to attend so Jane can come. Um, is it Poundstone who speaks? I think he did at Brightman's. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what's said about the unusual circumstances of both deaths. And for that matter, what are the authorities saying about the deaths at the Manor House? Because Theodore Ribbon Price was, you know, not merely killed by thieves in the night. And there's got to be some sort of arrangement about the damage at his estate home, the unusual condition of his body. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot that needs to be found out or asked about. It's been a couple of days, huh? Since all that, you think they would have written a report by now? I mean, there has to be something from the equivalent of a medical examiner. Mm hmm. Um, I wonder how much of that's public, whether his tongue was missing as well as his eyes, because we know that Alu himself was mouthless and eyeless. I think that's a very good point. We at least need to know if the tongue was gone, because then that would fit into what we read. Well, 
what you're going to run into is uh, dis English discretion. Uh, the newspapers are, of course, not going to pour, pour, uh, put any of the gory details. Um, you would have to have a connection with the police or with uh, somebody to get in, you know, to get the report from the coroner. Otherwise, it, it just sounds like they died. No. Um, although, um, uh, the deem, of course, it's listed as a murder. And uh, Theodore Rayburn Price, they're saying something like died unexpectedly in his country home? Accident. Uh-huh. Of some sort. Ongoing investigation, confidence, etc. Or maybe, yeah, it probably says ongoing investigation. I wonder if they're uh, under pressure, given his wealth and status, to find a culprit, even if they have to fabricate something. But, it, you know, it's probably not going to be one of us. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we don't know anything more about the condition of his body because we are not privy. Uh, Felix, if you have any uh, attachments to members of the constabulary that might be able to advise us regarding the coroner's report or have a peek at it, um, I'd certainly be uh, open to a fund to remunerate such a helpful person. But I imagine it'll take a little time, at least. Yeah, I, I can make a couple of phone calls, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there. And I'm also wondering if maybe one of the higher-ups in the club would be able to get some information, being that he was a key member of the, the Wentworth Club. Maybe somebody in authority here might be able to find out at least about the tongue. Well, you were able to find out information about uh, Brightman. So you've already got some connections. And in addition, we were, you know, we were all witnesses approximately to Raven Price's death. So there's some sort of dialogue, I should think. You know, let's make this a little easier on you. Uh, after, uh, the day after... Uh, the incidents take place. You're approached by a detective from the police. Uh, he comes to the Wentworth Club and he wants to meet with all of you. Um, because of your personal stations, you're not really suspect. Uh, there's people that, that vouch for you, uh, but he, they, he definitely wants to ask some questions. Um, uh, how well did you know him? What, what do you think could have possibly happened? I'm, uh, I'm living in England, but I'm really from New, New England. Hmm. Uh, you, I, I don't think that um, any entirely rational explanation is going to present itself. I can say that... Uh, Mr. Raven Price was uh, heard screaming in a panicked way 
before he fled the manor house. And, and where were you all when you heard this? Uh, in various parts of the house. Uh, all of us, I believe, unconscious at the you time. Were asleep. You were asleep. Yes. Like at 3.30 in the morning, of course you'd be asleep. Um, considering the damage done to the house, it was like somebody had... Uh, it was, seemed a bit like one of those American tornadoes, something that could tear out a glass wall of the conservatory, perhaps fling him through the air. Maybe it was playing the broken branch. Um, because we don't know of any, there were no, you know, there weren't a, you would need a crowd of miscreants to cause that damage. Well, it uh, doesn't, uh, it, it's a, good, it's, a, it's a fairly decent explanation. I actually like that. We could run with that one there because perhaps it was a freak windstorm and somehow he got sucked out of the house and flung up onto the tree where he, he was. I know there was peculiar weather. There was at some point a very dense fog. Well, that gives us something that we could tell the public, but uh, it doesn't explain everything. Uh, the, the damage is extremely localized. There's no damage to any of the property, really, uh, except for the broken branch and his body stuck up on there. It certainly doesn't explain that his eyes were torn out of his head. When you say torn, were there marks of any kind or were they merely absent? We could see that there were marks on the tops as if his own fingernails had cut into his face and pulled the eyes out. It was uh, quite gruesome. Yes, that's enormously disturbing. And again, I heard him shrieking as he fled the house. Do you think he might have succumbed to some sort of episode? Perhaps the change in air pressure caused some sort of stroke or embolism. The autopsy definitely showed that, uh, that the, there was elevated uh, levels of certain chemicals in the brain that would indicate he was in extreme terror when this happened. Then again, being pulled out of a house by a tornado and flung through the air, one might be quite frightened. During his fit, did he bite his tongue off? No, there was no damage to his tongue. Did, uh, if, if the marks on his face suggested that he'd taken his own eyes out, were there, was there viscera under his fingernails? Oh, uh, yes, indeed there was. Uh, we we never located the eyes, but they're probably out there somewhere, large field. And well, honestly, yes, a rodent might have borne those sweet meats away within minutes. Might have been destroyed by, uh, you know. Anyways, it's a horrible shame. His. Uh, uh, thank you for your cooperation. Uh, if you learn anything more, please contact us. Uh, we have all of your names and uh, addresses and everything on record. Uh, we'll be uh, memorializing that good man in a few days at the Wetworth Club. It will be open to the public if you yes. would care to honor his memory. One thing, though, that I would be very interested in, now I, I've been told by some of the others at the station that you are... Uh, should we say amateur sleuths? 
you've already been involved in a number of cases where people have been murdered. Uh, you understand how suspicious that looks. Well, they are all connected. It's not you guys are possibly a connection. You're all there. It seems whenever something like this happens, uh, even one of your comrades, Mr. Uh, I can't remember his name, Garibaldi. I think it was a Russian name. Yeah, let me look on my thing. Gamantov, sorry. Gamantov was murdered in his house. Had his throat cut. That wasn't us. Mr. Mr. Simkin seems to have been hospitalized uh, completely insane from what I understand. A gentleman by the name of Punchin is in the hospital with... Uh, uh, lacerations all over his body. In every case, you all seem to be there. Well, in, uh, indeed, Inspector, uh, but you'll find uh, fairly reliably that in most of his cases, we're there after uh, whatever violence is done. Um, Mr. Punchin, for example, was found and hospitalized, uh, and we came to uh, examine the circumstances under which that happened, but we had yes. no contact with Mr. Punchin beforehand, you understand. It, it does seem to me that you are always there after the events have taken place, except in the case of uh, Mr. Rayburn Price, in which case you were all present when this event took place. In any case, I don't mean to uh, suggest anything or offend you in any way, but uh, you understand I'm just doing my job. I have to ask questions. Uh, anyways, thank you. I don't think I need anything from you. Uh, if any of you are, are planning to leave uh, uh, London, please inform us of your whereabouts in case we need you. And thus, he leaves. You know it wasn't the tongue. It wasn't, not only was it not the tongue, but it also seems as though it was that the, the thing that took him did not take his eyes out. He took his own eyes out. And, oh, um, prob his hands could have been guided by the thing. So. Or he just saw some horrendous stuff and couldn't take the sight of whatever it was. Mm. That would have to be really horrific to take your own eyes almost otherworldly, if you will, as they say. Gentlemen, this reminds me of something I read, I, maybe a biblical passage or, or something along those lines of one tearing their eyes out. Maybe I'm, I'm just overthinking the situation here, but this comes to mind. When... I don't recall that. Hmm plucking one's eyes out. If your eye offend thee, pluck it out. Possibly, but it was something different. Oh, I'm sure it'll come to me at some point. For some reason, it stands out. Um, perhaps some kind of ancient carryover from uh, earlier times. All right. So is there anything you want to do between now and uh, the, the, the funeral dinner, the memorial dinner, we'll call it? 
I don't think, uh, again, I don't think we'd be barging into Bedlam to see Morris Gibbons right away or memes if, or, you know, going to disturb memes. So maybe. Um, I'd say maybe not, but most likely you'd probably look into the matter. Uh, you find that uh, Morris Gibbons is under uh, observation, uh, that he is considered a high-risk patient at this point, and that it would be very difficult to actually get in to talk to him. You would need, uh, you would need special permission and uh, approval from whoever. Now, you do have an N in the, in the hospital as well. Yes, I wonder if he's being treated by our friend. Um, but uh, a high risk to himself or to others? It's just as a high risk patient. Uh, now, I, go ahead. Now, Gibbons, I mean, are we aware of anything that's gone on with him? I mean, did he see something he should have seen? Asking because I wasn't here last week. Uh, all we know about Gibbons is from some time ago. He was, uh, we shook him down for information about the smuggling of the, the um, tablets that caused the shadow man phenomenon. Uh, and we know from, from recently that he heard the frightened cries of uh, Ms. Uh, Greenborough, Nancy Greenborough, who's gone missing from the, library, of the museum basement. So what is the reason that Gibbons is in Bedlam? One I mean, thing too much, perhaps, but we don't know what. Yeah. And I mean, why is he considered high risk? He probably went in there babbling about some ancient curse and mysterious shadow creatures. They think he's hallucinating and wants to hurt himself, so... Remember, that's the first gentleman that was acquiring some of the missing pieces. So I threatened him severely. Then he ran into that shadow figure, and now he's hearing voices or whatever in the museum. So he, his nerves were shot when we left him. So did you want to do anything? All right, let's move on then. I think we buy flowers. Uh, the funeral dinner for Theodore Rayburn Price and uh, uh, and my mind just went blank. Vadim Gamantov. Vadim Vadim Gamantov. Um, somewhat similar to what happened for Lord Brightman. Everybody gathers together. Um, Mr. Poundstone gives a rather moving speech. Um, he includes, you know, the fact that these tragedies seem to move in threes, uh, with Bright, starting with Brightman and now these two. Uh, and everybody, you know, gives a, a to toast to the memory of these uh, people. And then uh, you begin to move towards dinner. Did Campbell Thompson show up? Uh, yes, he is here. Um, How's his manner? Uh, his manner is somewhat subdued, but you see him, him 
you know, people approaching him and asking him questions. And, and he, uh, he's probably talking about the new exhibit and the, uh, the stuff that's being done in the British Museum. And, um, but he seems, you know, he's not, not being too boisterous. However, however, when you are seated at table um, and you have begun, uh, the table kind of near you is making a little bit too much tittering noises, you know, uh, they, they're enjoying themselves, maybe they've been drinking quite a bit. And when you, when you glance over, uh, I'm not going to make you do a spot hidden. Uh, the first thing that you notice is that Mafalda Violette is at that table, along with the rather twitty-looking fellow, uh, who you had later learned was uh, Odie Mortimer, and a rather sharp and distinguished-looking gentleman with a very long uh, cigarette holder uh, that by description you might guess is uh, Aloysius Delgado. There are a couple of other people at the table and they're chit-chatting about this and that. Of course, you know. Are, are they related to Vadim? No, but they're members of the, well, at least Delgado is a member of the club. what you want to do is Vadim's family there yes are are they heavily tattooed I don't know Vadim is your family uh, heavily tattooed with as much as they're wearing you can't really tell um, there might be one or two of the younger members you might catch a glance of a tattoo from underneath but Russian mafia we're talking 1922, though. Not no, no, he's actually he's actually on the right track there. No. Yeah, you wouldn't say all of them, but there's there's presence. Uh, there's also several ladies like uh, uh, Jane right now who are in full black with the veil. Well, it's um, just that too. it's just that on more than one occasion, we have heard that Vadim's family were a force to be reckoned with. So I just figured, meh, mafia. Well, m more like a couple individuals that you might catch a flash and you and definitely look like they could easily be there, but uh, the rest of them are more distinguished gentlemen, uh, uh, Russian or, or British cut um, morning gear and, you know, long frocks and, and, uh, and with it getting cold, you know, wool, wool coats and, and hats and stuff. Um, Probably the distinguished people there would be uh, Vadim's uncle, uh, and again several several uh, unidentified women in full full black veil, like what, what Jane's wearing now. Uh, you'd assume one of those women is uh, Vadim's. Um, what was going to be Vadim's uh, um, fiance, but with the number of women that are that are in black veil, you can't tell which one's which. And uh, Jane's hanging out with you all. I'm going to stand up 
slowly mm-hmm. walk over to the table with them chittering and snickering. I'm just going to, you know, hey, hey, Mr. Delgado. Hey, everybody else. Oh. Put, put my hands on the table and just, hey, um, you see uh, the table over there? The very well-dressed uh, Russians? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, you're making a little bit of noise at their uh, son and grandson, you know, grandson, nephews, whatever's memorial dinner. This is um, true. We shouldn't be... Uh... Uh, telling jokes, and he looks over at Mathilda. And, uh, One of them already pulled me to the side, and uh, they are not happy. And let me tell you something. Uh, I wouldn't even think of upsetting them. Not I, you, you know my reputation. I wouldn't even blink an eye at upsetting them, and they are very angry right now. And I turn around and walk away. The American. I stopped dead in my tracks. Oh, you didn't hear that. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> you sure I didn't hear that? Oh. Now, Felix, there's there's our friend with the ghost mirror. I I can't say it looks like she's been kept up nights by the haunting. Um, but this is an opportunity to uh, to see if you can. I mean, we're going to Bedlam, I assume, to see. Uh, Mr. Gibbons, if you'd like to visit your friend with the special um, doppelganger, you could uh, you could see whether she's an easy. She might be um, perhaps moved by the memory of our friend, hmm. or perhaps not. I guess I will walk over. Might as well. May never see her again. Good evening. Good evening. And uh, who are you? Felix Matthews. Sorry, I didn't, uh, wasn't actually I... here to speak to you. Oh. I was here to speak to uh, Miss Violet. Um, and she looks at you and she smiles and she says, yes, what can I do for you? A while back, you made a purchase at an auction. It was a mirror. Ah, you were at the auction. I was. We spoke. Actually, you spoke to all of us. I meet a lot of people. I'm sure you uh, The mirror, yes. What about it? Would you be interested in selling that mirror? Oh, I don't think so. Hmm. Has it worked for you? Has it worked for me? Yes. Has it worked for you? It's, it's a mirror. It's an old antique. You don't believe that stuff about somebody's soul being trapped inside of it, do you? I do. The spirit within. Hmm. Well, it's not for sale. It's part of my collection. Hmm. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Mr. Delgado says, uh, you and your friends there, how are you related to uh, the deceased? Oh, I apologize, Mr. Delgado. I must have given you the impression that I was here to speak to you. Unfortunately, I'm not. Good evening. And I walk away. Have they subdued the mood yet over there? Yeah, that's true. They weren't partying. They were just 
having drinks and, and eating. I mean, everybody else is doing the same. We were, we were under the impression that they were giggling and guffawing it up. Well, that's the impression that Cyrus gave you. I just said that they were tittering a little bit. and Well, they're definitely not tittering now. No. Now they may just be upset. And we're not getting the mirror. It's a pity about the mirror. Yeah. I'm very curious about what your friend in the uh, madhouse would have made of it. Maybe you could have connected to the um, lost soul inside. Mm. Um, after uh, another course of the meal, I, uh, it's, uh, I'll take my turn approaching the, um, our friends from the, from the auction. Uh, you know, uh, pardon me for interrupting. I hope I'm not. Uh, you know, uh, I think one of the reasons that my friends might have seemed a little um, terse or difficult is that we're all a bit, a little bit more in shock than everyone else here is, as we were all at, uh, at Theodore Rayburn Price's place when he uh, died. Um, and so the um, the sudden shock of his violent end uh, might be telling on us a bit. Um, also, I don't know uh, any of you personally, um, but our friend Vadim, of course, knew you, Mr. Delgado, and uh, so did Theodore. Um, who thought of you as uh, something like a guru, it seems. <laughs> guru. Please, uh, have, a, have a seat. Uh, what's your name, please? Uh, Harcourt, Richard Harcourt. Uh, Mr. Harcourt, Theodore and I shared an interest in ancient cultures and ancient ritual. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I'm interested uh, in the ancient Near East myself. In fact, I have a bit of cuneiform. Uh, Theodore and I were actually translating uh, the item that we were bidding on at auction when the accident occurred. And he looks over at uh, Mafalda and she says, the Horn of Alu. And he says, ah, um, which one of you acquired it? Our late friend Vadim. Mm. Well, there we is a lot that he was of, murdered in an attempt to retrieve it. Uh, there are a lot of legends around the uh, Horn of Balu. Uh, some would consider it a very dangerous item if you don't know what you're doing. Yes, it appeared that we did not. If you believe in those sorts of things. What sort of uh, belief system do you ascribe to, Mr. Delgado? That's difficult to say. I'm very open to many different ideas. I, uh, I think that much of human religion has misinterpreted what is really going on in the background and that there are ways that we can tap into 
energies that we uh, have never tapped into before. The ancients knew this. The uh, ancients, uh, ancient manuscripts are filled with all kinds of ritualistic magic. Theodore understood this. Theodore, I believe Theodore has even tried some of these rituals in order to gain uh, protection or assistance in things that he'd done. I have myself, I think many of us in the club have played around with this sort of thing. Well, difficult not to um, dabble at least a little or experiment when one becomes enthralled with these sorts of ideas. Yeah. Do you, um, when you say energies, do you uh, include in that description entities? Like God, like angels. The ancients believed in these things. They Gods, powerful beings, deities of various sorts, demi demigods. Yeah, I think that they might represent things that we've never really completely understood. We personify them, we give them names. Well, uh, our good friend Vadim, I feel certain, was murdered by common human hands. But the accident, indeed, the fate that Theodore Raven Price met was, I believe, um, at the will of one of these non-human entities. Now, now, why would you say that? The, uh, the newspapers were very vague on what actually happened. Yes, they're vague for a reason. I was present. Uh, I was one of the first to see his body. My goodness. Uh, he, without, uh, being, without being morbid, could you describe what you saw? I know he fled the house in abject terror. He was screaming with more fear than I may ever have heard. Somewhere out across his property, he, well, he, he was impaled a broken branch of a tree through the chest and I don't see how a man could have done to him what was done you see which is why I'm curious about what systems of belief you adhere to and what knowledge you have about things like the Horn of Alu did, did this have something to do with the Horn of Alu? I can only tell you that when we both fell asleep. We were in the process of translating the cuneiform from the horn itself. So you were actually in the presence of the horn at the time. You had it with you. Yes, they would have put it in a cabinet between two uh, objects that he understood would be protective of it. Hmm. Uh, and it remained safe through the rampage that followed. But everything else in his study was destroyed. And he, of course was also destroyed. Poor Theodore. I don't think he ever really truly understood the power of some of these artifacts. I think that his lack of skill in the occult arts and his naivete at, at some of these things, I can't imagine what kind of, what you said they were little tablets or something that he had with protection spells. Yeah. That's, that's, that's far too, 
far too simplistic to to contain something of of the power that you're describing. Um, I myself have uh, a great many things in my collection, some of which might be able to protect others from whatever demon lurks inside the Horn of Alu, uh, but I doubt seriously that he had anything like that. You know, this is extremely interesting to me. Um, not to put any kind of different twist on the evening, but I would very much enjoy your company at uh, my home. Uh, we're having a soiree tomorrow night. Uh, uh, something that was planned long before. I can show you some of my collection. Uh, we can discuss this much further. Uh, I'd be very curious uh, to to see uh, the objects that you've collected. Um, I might bring a guest or two, I trust. And he looks over at your, uh, at your other table and he's like, if you must, uh, no, uh, no hard feelings. We've all been through a lot, I suppose. Um, I would, I would be incredibly interested in seeing the Horn of Alu if you still possess it. Perhaps I can enlighten you on what should have been done or what was done incorrectly. Yes, I don't know that I'll be able to bring it tomorrow. We put it away for safekeeping under the circumstances, but uh, I can share with you at least uh, the partial translation that Theodore and I were working on. That was Zenrick. Yes, indeed. And now then, I, I suppose uh, I should let you get back to your people. Yes, and you should enjoy the rest of your meal. Um, but um, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'll, uh, oh, here's my card. Uh, um, I'll uh, arrange to visit you. With, he gives you his card with uh, the address and everything on it. Um, you can tell instantly that it's in a very, very swanky part of town. And at the table, Jane, I think we have a date with a creep. And when you get over to the table, you notice that Cyrus and Felix are gone. Jane, Fuller, did the boys explain themselves at all? No, I was over talking with Vadim's family for a moment. Uh, they'd asked me to uh, discuss a few matters, and when I got back, they were gone. Fuller, did they tell you anything about uh, leaving? No, they did not. Hmm, that's very curious. Well, that Delgado fellow has a great deal of um, self-esteem, I believe they're calling it in the States. Um, but uh, he's invited me over uh, tomorrow evening to look mm. at his collection and talk about things. Uh, he, might, uh, he might have some useful understanding, although he might also want the horn for, uh, well, reasons that Vadim was concerned about. We'll have mm. to see, we'll have to feel them out. But I'd appreciate it very much, Ms. Silkirk, if you'd join me. Oh, I'd be uh, most happy to. to go into the, 
the den of the beast alone. Yes. Uh, and Fuller, you haven't offended him either. If you'd like to join, perhaps we can make a trio. All right. So as you're sitting there, and people are starting to mingle around, um, uh, Patrick Longdon from the museum comes up, uh, and he would like to talk to you. But before we do that, uh, let's find out what Cyrus and Felix are doing. I didn't understand whether you were together or not. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we're together in the car. Okay. Headed back to my place. I don't like any of them at that table. I don't either. If I stayed, I would have gotten myself and probably the rest of the group kicked out of the Wentworth Club. Yeah. You know, there's much better people to talk to other folks than me or you, I believe. I'm sure Reginald probably went over there and who knows? They may end up having lunch or something together. He He's good with the, the that sort. I'm more of a salt of the earth. I really just thought they were laughing too much. Yeah, and I, I took it completely disrespectful. And I, I'm probably just looking for an excuse because Vadim's gone and I still haven't found who did it. And I'm just looking to take my aggression out on somebody or something. But that woman, too, that snide little face she gave me. I wanted to smack that cigarette right out of her mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was nothing to talk to either. She's just kind of uppity. You know? Well, here we are, pulling into the garage. Come on in. Yeah, thank you. I I'm just glad to be out of there. I wish I could have stayed out of respect for Vadim, but he knows he knows how I am, too, so... Probably yeah. the best places here. Yeah. Hey, Belvedere, could we get a bottle and a bottle of... Hold on. When you get up to the front door and you open up the front door, uh, Belvedere comes up to you and he says, uh, Sir, you have rather unusual guest in the other room. He said that he'd wait for you. <coughs> Belvedere, do you have the things I gave you? Oh, yes, sir. Does everyone have theirs? <coughs> yes. Uh, as you move to the uh, to the, the parlor uh, and you sort of you know, give yourself a look before you step inside, uh, sitting on a divan is... Uh, a gentleman, uh, he's dressed in a long black robe, and on his head he wears a red turban. He has a lot of facial hair. He looks like he's maybe in his 60s. And uh, as soon as he sees movement, as soon as he sees you, he immediately stands up. And he has his hands in front of him so that you can see his hands. Can I help you? Ah, yes, uh, Mr. Matthews. My name is, I'm not doing the accent, but he has this heavy accent. My name is Ashur Rahman. Uh, I am a member of the uh, Children of Tranquility. I would like to speak with you, please. Uh, is that Mr. Finley? 
I, don't, I just do that. I don't say a word. Uh, gentlemen, it has come to our attention that you have acquired the Horn of Alu. As you know, it is an extremely dangerous artifact. We may have already had some encounters with it. We heard about your Mr. Uh, Gamantoff and your Mr. Raven Price. Uh, we would like to take it off your hands, if that is possible. Yeah, that doesn't belong to us. Well, I'm aware that Mr. Gamantoff purchased it, but it is one of the most dangerous artifacts of the collection. Uh, the uh, the objects of uh, acquisition. I can't remember the word. Um, it is one of the art artifacts listed as part of the ritual at the end. It must be contained, the same as the statue that you gave us previously. Uh, which one of you do we need to speak with in order to obtain it? You're speaking to the right ones. Very good. What can we do to arrange this? We want to know who killed Vadim. Who killed Vadim? We don't know. You knew he bought the. You knew he bought the item. We had an agent in the crowd who was bidding on the object as well. Unfortunately, our funds are nothing compared to yours. We had hoped to acquire it that way. As you can hear from the creaking floorboard, my people are all around you. So I mean, you absolutely no danger whatsoever. Uh, we're just going to need a little more transparency here. What, like, just handing this item of power over to you, maybe your group is the one actually planning to cause this ritual to happen. Huh. How do we know? No offense, I'm not. Just put put yourself in my shoes. How, why, why should we trust you? Well, sir, you could assume that we have more or less been in possession of all of the artifacts for the last 3,000 years. It was our mission to keep this from happening. If we'd wanted to have performed it ourselves, we could have done it 3,000 years ago. And once again, no offense, but it seems like we're the ones cleaning up the mess. It's unfortunate that these things were moved here. This mess would not have occurred if Mr. Ramsey, uh, Ramsey Campbell had not, uh, no, had Thomas. Thomas, Thomas Campbell, Campbell Thompson. Campbell Thompson. Ah, oh, these names. <laughs> I'm sure I can tell that you're a little nervous. Don't be nervous, but don't make any unnecessary moves. Continue your story, please. If he hadn't, uh, uh, by stealth, uh, uncovered the, the temple and removed everything, all of the artifacts, he's even removed the temple itself. How do we put an end to this once and for all? That's the question. Combined forces, let's end this once and for all. Yes, that, that's our goal, by, by surety, but... 
we are not as well organized as you might expect from somebody who's British or I believe American. Our group is, we don't have schools or training centers or anything like that. We function, uh, each of us independently with some guidance from above. I am some of that guidance. We don't understand your culture very well. We don't understand uh, the way your large cities work. Uh, we're desert people. And that's why I'm saying let's form an alliance. You point the finger, I'll bring the hammer. Point well, you have... to the direction and I'll take care of it however it needs to be taken care of. Well, that's just the thing. What we need is to acquire the objects so that we can put them for safekeeping using the means that we know. That, that, uh, that we have. We have protection spells. We have ways of keeping these things from being detected in the future. What else do you need? The Horn of Alu, the uh, Eye of the Cat, Mamatsu. We need the seal. What is the seal? The seal is... A piece of clay about this big, it should be, uh, uh, what do you say, glazed, glazed blue, and it will have a symbol on it uh, that looks like a man kneeling before an altar. We don't know its location. Now, one other question, it might seem foolish to you, but why don't you just destroy all these things so that it can't can't happen if you have all the pieces of a puzzle you put them together you solve it if you're not missing a piece you can't solve the puzzle it's hard for the western mind to understand but it wouldn't work do you know we know about mr punchin uh, we don't know where you've hidden him, which is perhaps a good thing. Um, Mr. Punchin, and I, I, I want you to understand this very clearly, uh, Mr. Punchin is already as good as dead. There is no way to save Mr. Punchin from his fate. Uh, he has the scrolls written upon his skin, and the evil people will do what they can to acquire him and skin him alive to be able to use them for the ritual. The problem being is that if he dies, they will simply move to somebody else. Somebody Who are these that. evil people that you're speaking of? We don't exactly know. It's, it's, we thought at first that it might be Ramsey Campbell himself. We thought that it might be some other member of the expedition that was behind it. But in every case, they seem to be bungling fools. They don't seem to actually be trying to do anything or acquiring. There's somebody else moving here, somebody that we don't know, somebody who is extremely careful to keep his identity or her identity safe. They're using other people to do their work, who some of them are bunglers as well. I can't speak for the rest of my comrades, but 
I wanted to give all these pieces back to your group from the beginning. I just want this to be over. And I want the person who killed... I, I, want, I want the person who killed Vadim. I want his throat in my hands. My... And you have a deal. If I could speculate... Please. Somebody was at that... Uh, somebody was at that auction that wanted also wanted the, uh, the horn. And uh, they, they saw your Mr. Gamantov take it. I'll just have to take care of every damn person at the auction. Fine. In any case, it is very imperative that we get rid of these objects, that we take them back to Nineveh, that we put them in secret places. Because the consequences, if if these people, if it's not always something that you learn from books. There are evil forces that want to be released, and they will teach their lies into the minds of men and force them to actuate their release. All right. So how'd you get in my house? They just let you in? Yes, your butler let me in. I offered him no resistance. I, uh, I told him that uh, I was only here to discuss, and he was quite polite. I was well aware that he was armed. And uh, as you see, I have no weapons. We absolutely need a way to have correspondence with you. None of this newspaper nonsense. Give me a phone number or an address where we can meet you. Not something where we meet out Trafalgar Square. We need to be in contact with you if we discover something or not wait around like buffoons hoping you'll show up. If you want the stuff, I'm more than willing to give it to you, but we need to have contact and we need to be assured it's going to go back. You might need to speak with the rest of our friends just to assure them, but you have my vote as long as you can get me, help me, guide me towards Vadim's killer, and you stay in contact with us. No disappearing acts, no waiting for weeks upon time to get in touch with you to ask you a question. We need transparency. Then I will give anything and everything I can to you to get this cursed thing out of the country. That, uh, that might prove a little difficult. We don't have an address. We don't have a telephone number. We don't live here. You're staying I, have an I have an apartment that I'm not using. You could stay there. That might be acceptable. We could use that as a contact point. What's the address? I give it to him. I don't. Okay. My apartment, the flat that I'm living in, but I'll oh. stay at the club or I'll stay at. You'll stay here, sorry. Felix's. All right. Yes, that's acceptable. Well, gentlemen, I can't say anything more, but. Uh, 
we haven't found some of these artifacts yet. We haven't been able to locate them. We do suspect that some of them are still within the British Museum, uh, but we don't know that. We can't exactly walk into the British Museum and uh, look through their vaults. But one of you can accompany us on our frequent visits there. Perhaps, but from what I understand, the vaults are extensive. It would take us months to go through them. Perhaps years. Well, without the horn, they can't finalize the ritual, correct? It's, it's one of the things that must be present, yes. And, and we're right by saying ritual, correct? This whole temple complex will be part of some ritual to what? Can I have an answer here? Is it bringing forth a demon? Is it... Do a persuade roll. All right, hold on one second. Oh, not bad. Uh, hold on. Can I spend 10 luck? Sure. Is it worth spending? <laughs> sure. All right. All right, so I spend 10 luck and I just get a pass. Three thousand years ago, the Sumerian culture was at its height. Now I might be getting some of the dates wrong, but eh, okay. Um, you are aware of the extensive religious belief in Nabu, the god of scribes, the god of knowledge. Uh, the one who holds the scrolls that that write that have all of the future events written down in them. If you could look into those scrolls, you could see all of the future. You could know every event right down to every moment of your own life. They worshipped this God. But there was something else. There was an intelligence, uh, something much older. We call it Yolhuthris. And what it sought was selfish. It sought to become the Lord over all life on this planet, on this, in this world. And a ritual was created by the, high, by the priests uh, in the temple of Nabu, wherein that they would open up a doorway through which Yulhuthris could come. And he would come and he would possess the high priest and he would rule on earth for all of eternity, enslaving mankind. They had all of the objects they needed to perform this ritual and our high priest, uh, Aben Ashtur, he found a way to infiltrate their temple. Our people were ready, our people were with him, and we allowed their high priest to perform the ritual. And at the moment, just before 
they'd completed the ritual, Abenashtur drove a knife through the heart of the high priest and took his place and completed the ritual and was possessed by Yulhuthris, at which point his followers, his loyal followers, entombed him so that Yulhuthris would be trapped within his body, sealed forever inside the tomb. And that has been undone now by your Ramsey Campbell Thompson. Now, we believe that the spirit of Nabu is once again roaming around, teaching men things, and that he is trying to once again acquire these objects. If he can, Yulhuthris will come through, possess someone, and our world will be in extreme peril. I know this must sound ridiculous, but this is what we have been trying to stop for 3,000 years. Two months ago, it would have sounded absolutely absurd, but the things I've seen, and it's probably only a sliver of what you know, I believe everything you just told me. Good. Sure. Would any of these items possess the power to move statues, large statues, or would it empower those statues to try and move on their own, or what what statues are moving? There's large statues in the basement and vaults of the British Museum that are apparently moving on their own, sliding across the floor, much too heavy for anyone to to push. They are recreating the temple. On their own, the objects themselves? No. They are recreating the temple in the British Museum. Naboo is moving. He's rustling around. He's waking up. Strange music has also been heard. I don't know anything about strange music. Chants or... Uh, chants or... Any of that? None of that rings a bell? It, it, if it's happening in the British Museum, it might have very much to do with them rebuilding the temple. So the temple, is it a matter of an actual physical structure, or is it more of just the items all being together in the same place? I believe that's what it is, and them all being together in the same place. Okay. These are da dangerous times. He's so close now. He is close. Cyrus, anything uh, anything else for our friend here? The Horn of uh, Alu. The Horn of Alu was originally put in the tomb to keep out uh, people from getting in there, uh, from disturbing anything. Anyone who comes within a certain distance of the Horn of Alu, uh, this is so difficult to explain. I'm thinking of it in my own language and trying to translate it in my head. It's a creature of nightmare. And it both influences the way people dream and it, it, it can put people into a stupor and trap them in their nightmares. And it uses the energy of the nightmares to manifest itself in the real world. 
that may be what happened to your Rayburn Price. Well, I've experienced those nightmares already. If there were enough of you dreaming near the horn, it may have gained enough energy to manifest itself. I believe that's exactly what happened the night of the last murder. We are too close. Find these things. So I write down the address to my apartment. Uh, I plan on going back there and taking out some of the guns and personal effects, but I'll give them free reign for everything else. A 20-pound note for some groceries and the keys. Thank you. We'll keep in touch. One last oh. thing before you go. Yes. There's still two more items. The eye of the cat and the blue seal. These two items, if we come in contact with them, what are the risks to us? Much like the Horn of Alu is the dream you dream, too many people dream around it, it manifests. It puts us in grave danger. What danger lies with the rest of the items? I don't really know. The Horn of Alu I knew pretty well because it was put there by us originally. The other objects, uh, I don't know. They, they will definitely have some bad effects. Don't know what they might be. Uh, the one that sort of stands out as odd, though, is the eye of Lamatsu. It stands out as odd because it's not dedicated in any way to Naboo. As the as the Horn of Alu is not not dedicated to Alu, is not dedicated to Naboo. Their presence, though, was is necessary for him do to you, escape. Do you think it would be found with something from Pazuzu, the husband of Lamatsu? Well, it could be found anywhere. If we're talking about the the the, the religious belief about Lamatsu and, and Pazuzu. They're diametrically opposed to one another, even though they were married in the uh, mythology. Well, you see, I'm, we're not sure that any of these things are real, except for Yohuthris. The rest of it is all couched in mythology and religion and but we have waited for 3,000 years because we've believed for 3,000 years that this entity is real. I hope you don't dismiss this all as just nonsense. No, it won't be dismissed. I've seen... I, I go into, without having to waste time now, but I go into a, a brief overview of everything we've mm -hmm. experienced so far from the beginning to now. You know, I don't want to take time talking right, about it. So he knows that we've seen some stuff. Yes. All right, gentlemen, if I may leave, I will leave. Is there, uh, just, is there anything else you could tell us about Yohuthra, Yohuthris? I've told you pretty much everything that we know. Belvedere. Yes, sir. See our guest out, and once you're finished with that, could you meet me in my office, please? Yes, sir. 
All right, so he leaves. Belvedere meets you in your office. Yes, sir. Close the door behind you. Have you lost your mind? You just let a man into the house, knowing all the stuff that's going on, and you let him come in here and sit having no idea that we were going to walk in. There's no telling what that man could have brought into this house or done to any of the staff. You put everybody here in great danger. Well, so we did search him rather thoroughly. I walk past Belvedere out of the office. I leave the door open behind me and I'm back in there with Cyrus. Cyrus, you ready to go? Yeah, where, where are we going? Back to the... Out of this house. Uh, I, Felix, uh, he doesn't. He hasn't seen the kind of magic stuff we have. So, his his the threats. I'm not trying to defend him, but Belvedere's only threat would be a gun or a knife. So, as are you coming? Yeah, but we gotta kill time. As far as um, as far as uh, Belvedere knows, he he searched for a knife or a gun or a gas bomb. I made it very clear. Until you experience what we experienced. You could have talked to me for days prior to this about a ghost man, and I would have left. I, or, didn't, put, I didn't put everything I own on the line to put you in a house, to give you a second chance, to put every bit of my trust into you, and you put every bit of your trust into me. We depend on each other. Myself and my staff, we depend on each other to make sure nothing happens to any of us. And when he let that son of a bitch in the house, that trust was broken. I don't think it was intentional, though. Regardless. The... He's still a good man. I'd give him a second shot. No harm, no foul this time. Get in a fucking car. We're in the car. All right, so you guys drive back to the Wentworth Club. Is that where you're going to go? I believe so. All right. By the time you arrive at the Wentworth Club, people are leaving. Um, and you meet uh, Reginald and Fuller and uh, Jane. Did Mr. Longdon have anything to say of note? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about Mr. Longdon. Um, Let's jump back then to Mr. Longdon. Uh, he comes over and he's like, well, gentlemen, it's a sad days indeed, aren't they? It's a, such horrible tragedies. I thought I'd had enough of violence in the Great War, uh, and yet the last few months have shown me uh, a new set of nightmares. Yes. You know, we were talking about uh, um, the Horn of Alu, which you acquired at the thing. Audrey and I were speaking. You know, it, I said it before, it really does belong in a museum. Uh, you should consider, uh, we could put it into a very, very safe location uh, prior to the exhibit. 
they're they're coming along very nicely on the uh, the temple. They almost have the uh, the structure of it completed. Um, the artifacts, uh, the the things that we have that are going to go into the into the uh, thing are are in a very heavy vault. Uh, there's no way anybody could break into that. Yeah, I, I, when I visited you at the uh, museum the other day, um, I think we discussed this, the curious movement of some of the figures yes, in the exhibit. Uh, have you, has there been any um, further examination of what could be causing this? Is there something, I don't know, seismic afoot? Uh, well, and you know, we thought about that. There was, I would, can't think of anything that would cause such a disturbance. Uh, there was at one time, uh, 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 what do I want to call it, a subway, uh, an underground, what do they call the subway in England? The That's it, the underground, yeah. The underground. There was, was a, there was a, there was a, a tube tunnel uh, that came near the museum uh, that was uh, decommissioned a long time ago. They rerouted, uh, but there's never been any. There hasn't been anything in that for years and years and years. Um, and we're not experiencing any kind of earthquakes. It's very strange. The statues seem to be turned. Uh, and you, you looked at. You could see some of the scuff marks on the floor. You know, I, I should have thought of it while you were there. I could have shown you what progress has been made on the uh, temple. Oh, I would, uh, I would very much like to uh, drop by if you're in tomorrow. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it's coming along. Yeah, yes, yes. I'll give you a is, is, uh Is Rayburn Price very active? I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Campbell Thompson very active in the reconstruction? Because he's one of the few people who saw it in the original state. Well, he, uh, yes, I mean, he's given us detailed um, plans on how to construct it. Uh, I believe he's given those to Audrey, and she is, uh, she is mostly in charge of the placement of the objects to make sure that everything is in the right spot. She's quite... Uh, she seems like an extremely competent young lady. Yes, indeed. She wants to make sure that everything is, is in exactly the right place. Exactly the right place, indeed. And um, are there, I know that there have been, you know, a, a, over the course of time, as we've discussed, there have been thefts and lossages and, and the like. Are there any pieces that seem as though they'd be important to the real reconstruction that are still, uh, still uh, uh, astray? Not that I'm aware of, um, the uh, the uh, Eye of Lamatsu is missing. We're hoping to reacquire that at some point if we can find it. We're kind of doing what we always do. We wait until it comes up on the black market or uh, in a private collection. Uh, it's, it's bad if it goes into a private collection because sometimes we don't find out about it for years. Um, and it was generous of you to share your uh, ticket for the auction with us so that we could require the horn, but that went somewhat terribly awry. Is that really the best system we have, is to wait for things to show up uh, on some thieves' market and then 
find um, a Longdon didn't share his ticket. A uh, Rayburn Price shared his ticket. Yeah. So sorry. Yes. Um, but and Longdon Lancaster. Long Longdon wanted Lancaster to go, but she couldn't. Uh, you you invited her, so or did she have a ticket? I can't remember. She had a ticket of her own. That's okay, we got. Yeah. So we got the lads in on on Rayburn prices, and I he, went with his Lancaster. He pushed her to, to to go and bid on it, though he knew that the museum couldn't probably afford what they wanted for it. So now he's a. I'm appealing to you. You have acquired the piece. Uh, we can't pay you a huge amount of money. Certainly not what you paid for it, but really belongs in this collection. It really belongs in the museum. It certainly is part of the museum's um, notional holdings as it was acquired for the museum. However, you understand that as Vadim purchased it and Vadim has since been murdered, it might be some question of uh, his family's disposition as to the ultimate disposition of the object, rather. Well, we would certainly be very pleased if you would speak to them. Um, well, I have, I have, uh, yeah, I, I am in touch with, of course, his uh, friend and associate, Jane, and we're meeting the family now around the morning. So I will, of, I will certainly be uh, actively helping to determine the final location of that remarkable object. No. My condolences at losing both Vadim and uh, Mr. Price. It's been a terrifically difficult week, I, I must admit, um, in, a, in, a, in a difficult year. Um, but we carry on. Uh, should I should I uh, see you in your office before you take me to look at the display tomorrow? Yes, just just ask at the front. Well, you know where my office is. Yes, absolutely. The guards know who you are. I'll tell them to expect you. Thank you. I look forward to seeing your progress. It's Excellent. a most fascinating project. Yes, try and enjoy the rest of your evening. And he uh, he walks away. All right. Eventually, as you are leaving the Wentworth Club, you see uh, Felix and Cyrus pull up in Felix's car. You two look like you um, sat on another uh, hornet's nest since you left. Get, get in the car. We got some things to talk about. Is it chatting wagon time? Correct. That is correct, sir. It's a long, it's a running gag, Jane. Where is Jane? Is Jane there with you? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, they probably noticed her uh, just like right almost behind uh, Longdon as he's walking off and not paying attention to her. She was just standing there the whole time listening in on the conversation. Okay. All right, so you're all in the chat wagon? Well, we Plus have... anyone a... objects? No, no, of course. Get mm -hmm. in. I told you to get in too. Um, Felix, you... You want to start it or we will 
Felix got in. I was pissed off. I was going to smash all those people up. So he saw that coming. So we were going back to his house for a drink. And yeah. Guess who was at Felix's house sitting in his living room, his study? An old man wearing a red turban. You know, I like the uh, the young fellow in the suit. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't have maintained the consistent focus of communication. Uh, did this fellow seem mad, honest, generous? Uh, he was supposedly one of the, I guess, I guess maybe an elder of the group. Uh, anyway, they're going to be staying in my apartment. So when the young fellow in the nicely cut suit said, I apologize for the barbaric behavior of my predecessors, he was talking about the guy that is going to stay in your apartment? Probably, but there are 3,000-year-old... Is it 3,000 years old? They were watching that, or that was the... It's a, Yeah, the tradition is supposed to be 3,000 years. And they still lost it. Yeah, I kind of said that also. And I fill them in for sake of brevity. Not yeah. only did they lose it, they lost it to a bunch of bumbling idiots. Exactly. And I'm under the impression via the conversation that Thompson might just be a bumbling idiot himself and there is a power behind him. But, and I've explained all this, but I my vote is to give them back the horn, get it out of our hands, and continue the search for the other two items. These. I mean, do you tell us everything that was yeah, said? Yeah, that's what I said. I, I tell you pretty much verbatim mm -hmm. everything that was said. But at least we know what the seal looks like now. A blue well, glazed circular... I think we need to decide yeah. what we're going to do about punching. I mean, if we leave him there, he's going to be killed. He's as good as dead. But he, we should leave him in the hospital and let him live as long as he can, because when he dies, the writing will appear someplace else, and maybe they can get their excuse me, maybe they can get their hands on on it. But as far as it is now, Punchin might be mad. He is as good as dead, but let him live as long as possible, although that might sound cruel, to avoid the, the inscriptions going on to another scroll and or another person, if that makes sense. And of course, we all are as good as dead. Uh, and it's something of a comfort that you report that they don't know where he is either, because they seem very well informed. I think they have asked in a lot of this, but... Mm -hmm. Well, uh, know, Jane, any high points anything for you? Mm. I don't know too much about these red turbans other than what little, and I must uh, repeat very little that uh, Vadim had uh, insinuated upon, but uh, it seems to me that while they seem to be rather forthcoming, I don't think they're entirely telling us everything. Being an organization of that age and of secrecy and protecting secrets, they would not be one to divulge um, what would be the best way to put it, the, uh, the whole story. Right, of course, and neither would we to somebody else. But I don't think 
any one individual in particular in that group actually knows the full story. I think they've all been given their traditions and this side knows this part, that side knows the other part, and maybe a couple heads might know. Yes, yeah, so that I, guy doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Correct. What I question is, what I question is, is that they say they don't know who went after Vadim. If they've been following the our procurement, shall we say, of said artifacts, I find it very odd that they wouldn't know who the major players in the game were. I think they do know who got to Vadim. Well, if there were 20 people bidding on the horn, they had one, two, they say one, I'd say five operatives at the, at the, at the auction. That's still only five people that could follow. When the most important one they needed to follow was Vadim. And Mr. Albright. Go ahead. Oh, I do apologize. Uh, Mr. Albright, um, do, do keep in mind that it's only been a few days since uh, this tragedy occurred. And, um, and it does take time to locate individuals. I would not be surprised that they're under orders to uh, keep an eye out for Vadim's killers. And we have the further information now of the Savagio problem and the assertion that we have from his subjects that he was himself under an authority and not an authority himself. So it's no longer, some months ago, we thought that we were in competition with the red turbans or the children of tranquility, but now we know that there are several actors involved. Felix, is that, uh, what is that ambulance? Just take the left. Jeez. Um, thank you. So, uh, uh, Jane, I'm sorry, Miss Silkirk, I hope you'll join me tomorrow at the museum. Anyone else who'd like to come, I think you should as well. Um, Mr. Longdison is uh, finally willing to let us look behind the curtain at the reconstructed temple. Uh, and from what you've told me, it sounds as though his earnest passion to retrieve the horn, and nice live casters as well, uh, it seems a more dangerous prospect to hand it to the museum than to give it to these uh, Asiatic fanatics. Because uh, if they're constructing the temple to the best of their ability, from what you were told, that is the site of danger. And he said that he thinks that either the Eye of Lamatsu or this Great Seal could still be there. Could still be in the museum, he thinks. Yeah. Now, Reginald, when you were recounting your story with um, uh, about Thompson and his assistant, I believe, in the museum, how she was pointing out things, where they go, what, what was her name again? Um, Miss Leicester? Is it Leicester or was there another woman involved? What was your question? I'm sorry. Um, I, he was speaking with, I'm drawing a blank on the name, about 
how Thompson was placing the stuff, and then there was oh. somebody else. No, he was talking about Audrey Lancaster. He was talking about Audrey. Okay. Sweet, lovely, young Audrey Lancaster. Um, I would like to interject that there is a player behind, and you might not like to hear it, and I hope I am wrong, but if there is a power that be behind Thompson, could it not be young Lancaster? It might well not be her, but she had a ticket to the auction, and she did not wish to tell me whence it came. You know, the one thing that we seem to be overlooking is that whoever the players are, they're looking for the game piece. Now, if we hold said game piece, they have to come to us. By coming to us, we can identify who they are, thus know where to look for the other pieces. No, I, yes, I, I that's what Vadim was thinking. All it takes is for us to take one piece out of the equation and and get it to the point where they cannot retrieve that one piece and they're screwed. Right. And if we give the horn to Team Turban and it's out of play, but the powers that be do not know, they th still think we have it. They're going to come at us regardless, and the peace is safe and sound with the children of tranquility. So we don't have the nightmares. We're able to sleep and function, and when they come at us, we'll be ready. I am a bit concerned over all this in the fact that, well, let's say we do get these pieces, or at least a majority of these pieces, to the uh, children of tranquility. Uh, it's safe to it would be safe to really assume that the these this group or this or Vadim's warlock or mastermind already knows w general where these pieces are going to be going to. Um, there is a chance that they could be intercepted if not uh, the children of tranquility come go back to Nineveh with the pieces uh, only to find a welcoming committee for them. This is what, what I'm afraid of, of. Then what kind of welcoming committee would that be, Jane? Bunch of Russians? No. A Russian family? No. I'm not. A Russian family that may have sent somebody over here to find out exactly what was going on. Maybe somebody who didn't really seem like someone who would know as much as they seem to know about the workings of criminals. Mm. Strange. Is it strange, Jane? What are you insinuating at? Is it strange, matters? Jane? It's all I'm asking. It's a yes or no more than anything else. Just a simple binary question, if that is a word that we use in this time. <laughs> Vadim's family is not involved with, in all of this. They just, the only involvement they are in is to find Vadim's killer and their wish is to take care of the matter. Vadim's killer only. I, I believe that. How, how hard would it be for us to obtain a replica of the horn? I mean, do we have silicone casting at this time? No. Paper mache. Algamay. Algamay. Clay. Something. 
But if we can get a, a, a lookalike for the one, it does not have to be exact because they're they just something that we could wave around and they go, oh, they've got the horn with them. You would have I think our best bet is to drag them out into the open. You would, you would have to get, you'd have to get an artist, a craftsman, uh, somebody who could actually carve it out of something, or uh, you'd have to find a way to... There'd be some money for some paste jewels. Right. Uh, I'd have to be involved with the cuneiform. It would probably take a few days. I know I'd get the it idea. It would probably take a month and a half. Yeah, <laughs> just, just waving around the case that it came in would be enough to draw them out. Yeah, why not? One of us, one of us carries the case with us at all times, so it looks like we've got the horn in our possession. As far as making a duplicate, I'm not looking for exact like cuneiform because at a distance it's scribbled. I'll take the case. I but I I think after everything that has happened lately, I think all of us should be inseparable from this moment on. I think. Uh, you know, you got family things to do, whatever. You know what? You won't be around to see your family if we split up because that's what they're waiting for. I think we should all, I, at the very least, have a buddy system. But I think the five of us should become the very best of friends and not leave each other's side until we finish this, just for friends, safety's sake. Friends trust friends, Cyrus. And friends can trust friends, and they don't speak in code, and they don't speak in riddles. They're straightforward. They're blunt. And they get to the point, especially in times such as these. I don't think I would get any disagreement from anyone, would I? No, I agree with you. Where are we going? I feel like you have just been turning at random for a while. I am. We've been around the same block 18 times. Yeah, I was going to say, I counted that diner at least four times. 26, Actually, if we're going by the metric system. I could use a bite. <laughs> I could use a bite to eat. Why don't we uh, get some flapjacks? Oh, I don't know if they have those here. They, they're crepes in England. That's what they call flapjacks or crepes. Just so right. you know. Uh, so... I'm just pull over to the side. Um, right. I can just pause for a moment and waste less petrol. Um, you feel as though both of you who met this um, turbaned fellow are sure? I, is that, is uh, Ramon. You, you, you found his arguments somewhat compelling. Yes, I did. Uh, Jane, you haven't met them before, so you only have what we have to say. Uh, Fuller, is your inclination to turn things over to the children of tranquility? No. I have to say, at this point, the uh, ascendant Naboo statue that we turned over, haven't missed it. Don't feel guilty about the British Museum not having nightmares don't know about any further casualties as a result. That said, right now, we're the only people who know where it is, the, the horn. If that's enough to thwart this temple recreation and we can keep the children of tranquility at bay, I think that's an acceptable middle ground. The question is, 
whose help do we need to find the eye of Lamatsu and the great seal? And can we get that and will we need it? Or we'll simply, and again, you, apparently these objects are not destroyable in a way that's useful. I don't know what that means. I would think that slamming anything under a ton of granite would be sufficient, but shout out people. Um, are we the only ones that know where it's at? Unless are we the only ones who know where it's at? Yes. We're the only ones. And I, no. I, have, not, I have not told Vadim's family anything in, about the, the horn. And they have really no idea about the horn or its province. You know, we could always find a skyscraper under construction and drop it in the, in the foundation. I brought that up with the... Uh, the our fellow turban wearing friend and he said that we couldn't comprehend the way it works but that would not be adequate which after seeing you know invisible things smashing through walls people pulling their eyes out strange inscriptions appearing on bodies i'm gonna kind of say yeah he's probably right mr matthews Yes, to continue James. what I to continue what I have said, that um, quite frankly, Vadim's family has no idea about the situation we are all involved in, or this whole curse of Nineveh business, I guess you could call it. They particularly don't; uh, they have not heard about it, and they don't, and in general don't care. And I think that's for the best. I personally would not want to involve them in this. And if I even tried, they would not really see any usefulness of, of further involvement. And if you have any further direct uh, answers that you need, please ask. Who do you work for? Really? Not the family. Not that bullshit. Who are you really working for? I work for myself. I am somewhat of a amateur sleuth. My profession, of course, is is a overglorified dressmaker. And in the whole process, Vadim's family pulled me in on multiple occasions to assist them, as I've said. And I then became a retainer of sorts. So if there's anyone I work for, it's myself. Um, I'm sorry that there's a bit of bad feeling between the two of you. Um, I'm not certain that I understand its nature, um, but I trust it shouldn't overshadow the larger question of uh, an attempted Armageddon by some yo you who thrists. Is that right? Yehuthras, is that what you said? Yes, Yehuthras. I'm going to try to figure out how the hell one would write that in cuneiform to see if I can make any more sense out of it or if it's been on any, any of the objects we've seen so far. That actually might be a brilliant idea. 
Euthyphrus. That's what I'll do before I retire. Um, tomorrow I'm going to see the, um, the reconstruction of the temple. We'll not be taking the Horn of Alu with us. It is to remain where it is, which I swear you all to secrecy regarding. And we'll make a determination regarding the red turbans and the museum after we've inspected what's gone on there, if everyone is in agreement with that. Are there objections? No objections. None. Oh, and um, should we get through the day in relative comfort, uh, that uh, ridiculous Delgado figure has invited me to his uh, home oh, tomorrow evening. I remember you mentioning that. I absolutely will not attend, but please do me a favor. Uh, kindly get cards from that snooty-nosed bitch the other gentlemen and Delgado, I can find when I need them, but please get me cards from those other two. I plan on uh, doing nothing and uh, just spending a nice evening alone one night soon. Cyrus. I, I don't know if they'll be in attendance, but if they are, I'll collect whatever information I can. They don't like the, I don't like any of that uh, little society. They seem... Um, at best, smugly monstrous, and at worst, uh, earnestly sinister. They're repugnant. But he might know something, you know. Um, Theodore thought he knew something, at least up to a point. The word so. I, comes to my mind is repugnant. But please, get anything you can for them, from them. I shall, I shall gather what I can. Uh, Jane, we, uh, might you be free tomorrow evening to come with me as well? Absolutely. I would be more than delighted to join you. I think you'll be more welcome than, uh, than some of our group. Yes, and uh, since I am not well known, it would be a fresh start into perhaps gathering further information. And I'm Fine. pretty good with uh, dealing with people. Well, Very good. Pretty so... Good. Museum in the morning, uh, wealthy jerks at night. Anything else on our agenda? It's a busy day we have ahead of us after a funereal evening. All right. Um, if unless you have something else, that's probably a good place to break for for the next day. Get out of my car, Jane. <laughs> Now, now, Felix. Get out of my car! <laughs> well, we are right in front of the club again somehow, so at least she won't uh, be Very put well. out. Heads out. Gets out of the car. Out! <laughs> Road rage! <laughs> Our players included David Gassaway, John Byram, Ford Bitch, Jason Melnichok, and Jerry Bryant with myself as Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. 
Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. And follow us on Twitter at ITD Podcast. I'm is- back, bitches. <laughs> yeah. Jer- Jerry's uh, elbow is broken, but uh, he has to, no cast, so he has to keep uh, moving it. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.